You are listening to Life Stories with me, Natalie Miller-Snell. Throughout this series, you'll hear honest conversations with inspiring people. And I am so super excited and so very grateful for my guests who have been incredibly candid about their journeys. So sit back and prepare to be inspired. Hello everyone, you are listening to Life Stories with me, Natalie Miller-Snell, and I am super excited for my guest today. She was named one of the top 200 women to impact business and industry by the Queen and was quoted as one of the top 10 coaches in the UK by the Sunday Times. She is an expert in the field of women's leadership and gender diversity. She supports families after suicide, the worldwide orphan crisis, and empowers women as leaders in developing and emerging economies. She is also the author of the internationally best-selling book, Radio Heaven, One Woman's Grace to Journey. And I am beyond excited that you are here. Please put your hands together for the incredible Sam Collins. Woo! It sounds really good. Doesn't does. it? <laughs> <laughs> and now bring her on <laughs> it's incredible you know what it's incredible and even reading your bio and everything that you've done and I had the good fortune to meet with yourself in person which we don't get to do much these days back in 2018 and was thoroughly inspired by you and your story plus the the conference that I attended which maybe we can talk a bit more about um but but on that the queen how was meeting her because I read it in your book and that's quite a brilliant story because you went were you late well I wasn't late I was um trying to be efficient with my time (laughs) shall we say I mean and I got I did in my defense I got stuck on the train I was heading down to Buckingham Palace from where I live in lived in North London and as it always seems to happen to me the train just stopped and randomly didn't want to do anything so I was like I was sort of panicking what to do and I ended up getting off because my plan Natalie was to get off and get a dress or get something to wear because I didn't really have anything and I thought I was very organized okay I'm going to get off Uh, I'll get off Oxford Street I'll go and buy something quick I'm not a really good shopper. I like go in, I see something instantly, I buy it, I'm done, right? I'm not, I don't take a long time. And so that was my whole plan, but it all got really screwed up because of this train. So I ended up getting off somewhere else quite random, running and getting a dress. So I had a dress on, that was fine. And then, well, I had it in a bag and then I, I got down to, I think it was Victoria and I thought, okay, I need to put it on. So I went into the you know, they're not the best, are they? The toilets in Victoria <laughs> Station. <laughs> Maybe no. they're much improved now. Someone's going to be like, Shout no, out. they're really not too bad right now. What are you talking about? At the time, they were not doing, they were not too fantastic. So I got dressed and I mean, everything was good. And I was like pelting it down the road to Buckingham Palace. And then when I got there, the, the, so it was this sort of award, award ceremony thing that the Queen probably does all the time. Not that she's going to remember me, but... There was so there were two hundred women. So they're all arriving in their flashy cars and everything, <laughs> and I'm I'm like I have the nice dress on, but I've got a backpack and my trainers on because I had to run. And I'm quite this was you know it's a good time ago now, so I could in the days where I could run and could wear a dress. But anyway, there was twenty twenty happened. <laughs> nostalgic times. Anyway, so I ended up um, 
sort of knocking on the gates asked them to let me in and they actually wanted to see my ticket which is really fancy you know you get a ticket wow you like the invitation I'm like I kept it for ages and I don't know where it is now but anyway and so I I'm sort of <laughs> got the backpack on the floor and getting everything out to try and find the ticket I know it's in there somewhere <laughs> and then I've got all my like smelly you know clothes and stuff <laughs> okay. I'm taking off in Victoria Station oh. in there <laughs> Police was all looking at me as if to say, hmm, I don't know whether she's really legit kind of thing. Anyway, I get in there and it was all fine. But I, the only thing was, I mean, it's quite trendy now. At the time it wasn't so trendy. I forgot not to put the shoes on. I did have some shoes in the bag. Not really a high heels person, but I thought I probably should wear decent shoes for the queen. And, but I'd forgot those. So I had my trainers and socks on. And so when I did you know you you get your two minutes not even two minutes or 30 seconds with the queen and a couple of people <clears throat> she didn't really say much to me but she did see, seem to maybe it's my imagination she looked me up and down and did frown on my shoes I was sort of I, I was so nervous and so like you just uh, you but you get moved on really quickly so it's not really a big deal and there's no way she's going to say well do you remember back in well, she won't talk like that. But do you remember back in whenever? And there was that young woman who had her trainers on. I mean, she's not going to remember me at all, I'm sure. But um, it was a good moment for me. And what I think was the best thing was afterwards, I went, for, I went to the pub with a few friends who had sort of helped me along the way. But the pub I went to, which is around the corner from Buckingham Palace, was the pub I worked in some years before when wow. I had nothing, you know, when I had absolutely nothing and I would work all the hours and be very quite depressed about my life and earn, I think it was three pounds, three, three pounds, three P an hour and try and sort of sneak food in the pub because I didn't have any thing to eat. So it was a nice moment. There's not many moments like that in life, but yeah. it was a nice moment to kind of go, okay, that was then. And this is now and you know good on you Sam you've done all right impressive absolutely yeah full cycle full cycle almost you know we've seen that's absolutely so impressive I mean it's amazing accolade so what let's cycle back then let's go back to the beginning T tell us a bit about your story for anyone who's not familiar who's, who's not read um one woman one woman's journey to grace which is a an absolutely fantastic book really quite remarkable very inspiring I've got so many notes in my phone that I wrote when I was reading that book in terms of inspiration points that I then took on and, and worked from. So it's a really great read. I highly, I highly recommend it. How does this start for you, Sam? Where does the, where does the, where does the journey start? Cause was this always the goal, you know, to aspire no. to, to be this visionary, no. to be this change maker? <laughs> you know, like I was 10, <laughs> I went to my career counselor at school. Like, what would you like to do of your life? Um, I think I'd like to be a visionary. No. Uh, no. <laughs> In fact, for the longest time, I had uh, so my son's just walked in with a very grumpy look on his face. He's oh, yes. again. Okay, that's 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 good. He's don't you worry. Evil, he's got the evil. I don't want to do homeschooling. Look on his face. Oh, um, <laughs> so and he's got that, and she's not even available either. Look, <laughs> on, so I'm off now. No, it might <laughs> he, he, he might reoccur. No, I didn't. I was one of these people for the longest time up until I was about 30 really I never really know what wanted to do and I was always very envious of people who had a clear idea 
So people who I grew up with who would say, I want to go to university and they knew that, or I want to be a, well, I don't know many people, many people I knew said they wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer, but most of them said, they sort of seemed to have an idea. I want to be in marketing or I want to be a, you know, they seemed to have an idea of what they wanted to do, but um, I didn't really have an idea. So um, yeah, I don't, I think that just maybe hopefully gives comfort to people who don't, know exactly what they want to do um it wasn't until yeah I was 29 when I started Aspire which is 20 years ago I'm about to turn 50 this year I I did wonder if it was a special number yeah Yeah, okay (laughs) so um I you know at that point I really was thinking that I should do something with my life as I think we tend to do on decade turners I mean I've done it again at 40 and I'm doing it again now at 50 and no doubt fingers crossed I'll do it again at 60 and onwards um my goal is to live to I'm 103 so um yeah no I didn't I didn't yeah I've got that whole date in my mind uh so I didn't really know what I wanted to do and even when I did start Aspire at age 29 it was still a pretty vague idea in my mind because I knew I wanted to help people what do you want to do? I want to help people. Was sort of my answer. And I knew that I really liked coaching. I mean, it was very, very new at the time yeah. as, a, as a, as a thing. And so I did do coach training. <clears throat> I had been very keen on training people in the jobs I had done. Most of them I found miserable, but yeah. you know, the thing that I was good at was sort of developing training people team meetings um seeing people's potential teach I would I would read like all the one minute manager books when I was started to manage you know I was always very keen on learning and developing my own skills I didn't have any money to do it so I would just like buy the books that's in the time when we would do that as opposed yeah. to you know get everything on the internet now but <clears throat> this was pre-internet days <laughs> such a thing <laughs> so so that was my 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 idea and, and and also I was very I didn't I don't think I really really realized it but I was very passionate about women and seeing women being able to reach senior positions in their jobs and be able to do that with a level of fulfillment happiness and balance um my mother had aspired to that and um, in, in some ways, you know, really succeeded at that. She she became a finance director of a mortgage company. She, um, you know, this was having uh, not <clears throat> worked, you know, she was at home mom until we were like 13. So seeing her achieve that was really wonderful for me. It was really, it was the 80s. And so I loved the clothes. It was really, <laughs> you know, uh, aspirational to see these like power suits you would wear and go out and everything. So, um, I think that was a big influence on me. Um, unfortunately, she died by suicide when I was in my final year of university. So that has a big impact on anybody. Um, but I think for me, I wanted to do something to, I mean, I wouldn't have ever used these words at the time, but to sort of right that wrong or heal that pain or whatever, you know, try yeah. phrase you want to use around it. But um that was a really big part of what I wanted to do and so yeah that was 
that was how I got started on a wish and a shoestring. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing that, Sam. It's really, it's really quite remarkable. When did you do your PhD in and around that? Was that before you started Aspire or was that into the program doing it? Um, it was actually very shortly uh, into Aspire. I can't remember exactly, maybe a couple of years in. Um, I had done, so I did a business degree at Liverpool John Mons University, um, which my niece is going to potentially go to this year, which is very wow. interesting. And she's going to do business studies. So I'm like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And she's into equality and activism. And anyway, she's, I continually say to my sister that she was delivered to the wrong family. But anyway, it's not story. Um, so I went to Liverpool John Mons University, did a business degree. Then when I, a good few years later, I did a master's in training in human resource management. I did it by distance learning when I was uh, working. Um, I had a job working for a cruise line, doing training for a cruise line. And I would literally, you know, do this thing by distance learning. Um, again, with no internet and how we quite did it. I was like, they would send me these big, huge folders of things to read and on the boat on the boat yeah yeah on the boat and I would have to pick them up at certain places and I remember one time a gust of wind came and it was like three assignments just flew overboard and I remember I remember oh. having to call it was University of Leicester and I had to call University of Leicester and say there's somewhere between Aruba and Curacao but I don't know where and I and they just clearly did not believe me right <laughs> I had to pay for replacements I'm like seriously they just flew overboard anyway so I did this master's in training human resource management because I had the time and I was I thought to myself I really wanted to get that sort of more of the academic rigor in terms of how to train people and people's learning styles and all of that stuff and human resources so I did that I did that and then um I did that. And then when I started Aspire, I wanted to, again, I'm always keen on learning. So I wanted to learn more about the sort of academic landscape of what I'm doing. And I knew that if I did want to specialize around, you know, women, diversity, gender diversity, then I thought to myself that it would be really good for me to get that kind of kudos I think as well I was young and I thought that the PhD would give me a lot of credibility which it did do and open a lot of doors to me so I did the, my PhD uh, with London Guildhall University and um, I again I did it by distance yeah. so I could work I could build a spire and I could do the PhD at the same time and and doing a PhD is you know is, is very flexible so you'd have that flexibility of of sort of doing what you want when you want really and until you realize oh god I haven't done anything for a year and then you're really gonna pick yourself up and do it but um I finished it took me seven years it took me about seven years to do the PhD Amazing. isn't yeah. there a story in and around your professor you took the didn't you propose what you wanted to do for the topic and he did he laugh at you to begin with or kind of say no come back or something or other I don't know that he's really a laugher <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just looked at you. <laughs> Not really his thing. Um, um, professor John Walton is well, now emeritus professor, and, and he is fab fantastic. When I 
if you do a PhD, you have to, maybe people may or may not know this, but you, you have to find a supervisor, right? You have to find someone who sort of wants you as, as then they mentor you and they're your advocate throughout the, the thing. So it's quite a big deal, I think. Um, and I think they accept different, you know, different professors accept a few people a year or however they do, I don't know anyway. So I found him because of his human resources work and his training work. And I just thought that he, I don't know why, I can't even really remember now, but I thought he would be a good match for me in terms, I thought <laughs> that he would be a good a supervisor for me. Um, little did I know, it doesn't really work like that, right? They, they pick you rather than the other way around. Anyway, so I remember going into his office in London Guildhall University, very old sort of building in the city. First of all, it was very hard to find. And every time I went there, I'd get lost and not find it again. And so I, I think it's sort of this magical place that was sort of at the end of a corridor. And in there, nine and three quarters. Yeah, it really, <laughs> that's a great one, Leslie. Yeah, and in there, it's just sort of what you may imagine as a sort of stereotypical professor's office. It's just full of stuff, books and stuff. And he would like collect things from around the world. And we'd always start with some kind of random thing that he had found from somewhere remote. And I would be like, yeah, come on, come on. I want to talk about the PhD, but he would always have some alter meaning from sharing me this kind of Japanese thing or whatever. Anyway, he was a super interesting guy. But anyway, to your point about the story, I when I first met him and I went in to see him and I said, oh, you know, bounced in, so excited, I want to do a PhD. Um, and he said, what do you, well, what do you want to do it on? Well, I want to study women in the workplace and women in leadership. I've been reading all this stuff. He goes, okay, what have you been reading? There's always stuff in the, in the Financial Times, all these magazines. I know he goes, magazines? Magazines? He said, okay. He said, um, go away, young lady, or something like that. Go oh, away. brilliant. <laughs> it might have been, it might, I might have had a young lady in there, but I mean, he he's, didn't he meant it politely, but anyway, go away. And words to the effect of go away, read academic <laughs> journals, <laughs> books <laughs> for <laughs> six months. Wow. Come up with a proper proposal and then come back and see me in six months. Wow. So I sort of left with my towel between my legs, feeling quite depressed. <laughs> As I normally do, I think I probably went into a coffee shop and stuffed myself with some kind of <laughs> thing. <laughs> sweet thing and thought, fuck you, which is one of the things I normally do when people sort of challenge me on things. And that's exactly what I did. I went away for six months, read everything I could and came up with a proposal and rocked back up again in six months time. And he didn't recognize me. <laughs> that's amazing. Because he says that to everybody um, as a bit of a test, I suppose, to see whether you're serious and whether you're going to do something that is a, in alignment with his work as well, because that used to be good for the supervisor. Anyway, we had a great, great, great seven years. He said to me once, you're not, you're, you're not an actual academic. 
In fact, you're not an academic at all. Um, it will be a miracle if you pass this PhD. So we need to be creative. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to have quite a thick skin in life, I think, don't you? And I mean, it didn't mean it didn't mean it like yeah. in a derogatory way. So we ended up doing like actually quite a lot of coaching techniques Fantastic. within the PhD and using visualization and using coaching questions to um, help women visualize the future world of work. And, he, you know, he was like, as long as you can justify this stuff and as long as you can find it in the academic research and as long as you can defend it, we're all good. So I'm really grateful to him for being that creative and that flexible. I, I think he's absolutely right. I don't think I would have ever been able to keep continue. I wouldn't have had the stamina to continue. And so we had quite a fun time, like finding justifications for things and looking at future studies and how people study the future and how to bring a lot of what we do, what you do as a coach and what I do as a coach into an academic world. Um, I mean, yeah. that's more common now, but I mean, this was, you know, this was over 10 years ago now, more long than that, 15 years ago. Um, when it came to defending my PhD, I'd actually just given birth to my first son, which was very inconvenient because I said to him, you need to come three weeks later because then I would have finished the thesis. I didn't finish it. He came early. And so it had to be delayed a little bit. But when it comes to defending the PhD, you know, when you go in there and you get sort of grilled, they didn't first of all they'd said no and they didn't I don't they don't they, they had to, I had to make amendments that was it I had to go back and like further justify why I'd done it the way I did it and I, I think without John John's advocacy um I wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened so it was a great partnership just in the end yeah in the end <laughs> well, I mean it's a, it's a wonderful story to hear because it's it's resilience isn't it it's dedication it's you know just getting up and doing it and it's very inspiring in that regard for anyone who might be listening who you know feels that they might not be capable or not good enough to do something that kind of determination and just no <laughs> I'm gonna do it whatever you said I'm gonna make this happen is really impressive and that you can do it you know. yeah I think I think that um John is not my usual friend, right? I mean, John is white, middle-class, old, gray-haired professor guy. I mean, that's a lot of stereotypes in there and one I'm sort of maybe should apologize for that, but, but um, with a very different style and approach to me and he's can be quite abrupt. Um, but I think that we developed a great friendship. We learn how to appreciate and understand each other. And I'm, I think that's what diversity is all about. You can't just spend your life with people who are the same. I mean, I love spending life with people who are the same as me and we have a great time, right? But I think we have to reach out to people who are very different to us. And the great things can happen, really great things can happen. I mean, I wouldn't have, I, I you know, through his advocacy and through his approach and through us getting to know each other and becoming quite good friends. Um, it was a whole new world for me and I think a whole new world for him. him. Yeah, absolutely. You both brought something to the table. That's really wonderful. And I mean, let's talk a bit about diversity in that sense and in terms of what you're, you're bringing to the world at large. 
through your conferences, through the work that you're doing, you know, that gender parity as well. Let's talk a bit about the conferences and also, you know, how you see the world at the moment and the challenges that women particularly have had throughout 2020 with the pandemic. I mean, your conference last year, you did two, reInvent and oh, I forget the December one. What was the name for that one? Forgive me. <laughs> Excuse me. We had, um, uh, we had reimagine in June, reInvent in October and resolve in December. So we ended up doing three virtual conferences last year and it really was in response to COVID. Um, and I know a lot of people had to quite quickly adjust and go online with their events. For, for us, um, you know, my, my company Aspire for Equality, we had been doing virtual events for a long time. So it wasn't sudden, oh yeah. my God, we need to know how to do virtual events. We had not done virtual conferences though. So the, the conference and, and to bring a conference alive um, in what I call an Aspire way Love it. Was, was, was quite challenging. Like how do we bring that magic online you know when you look at the feedback that we get at our live events how do you bring that magic online and and so what was really I think very easy and quite wonderful was immediately we could have a much broader global audience of women so you know if you're doing a conference in London or Los Angeles or Chicago or different places that we've done conferences um, you know you're generally going to get people from that area or if you maybe you might fly in or from across the country or whatever, but we were able to have women from over 60 countries represented and, and have a really big numbers for us. It was large numbers of women. We had over 1500 women at reInvent. And wow. I think that it just really um, gave women the opportunity to come together, to be inspired, to be empowered, to feel like they're not alone, to be able to discuss the challenges, to be able to discuss their goals, but also to have like, you know, speakers who, what you would expect from a conference that are sharing their tools and sharing their stories and sharing their, their insights. And, um, I, I think though, for me, I, you know, it was a good, it was a time for a time of experimentation. It was a time of, um, oh, I'm always, always, always looking to be innovative. So, um, and always looking to, you know, right now after 20 years, it's not massive things. It's more, small changes but that small changes can make a big difference and I really challenged myself to not um you know plan questions ahead of time to to not over brief speakers to encourage them to not be scripted you know although some of them still did um <laughs> to encourage them to really bring their whole self and you know all of that that good stuff and I th think the the really magical moments happened with the use of coaching, really, you know, with yeah. when I would ask yeah. them a good question, or I would say, uh, well, "What's that um, musical instrument in the background?" Like, oh, and then they start singing or something, and um, or um, giving them the space, you know, as we do as coaches, you know, giving them the space to really be vulnerable and 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 share. And I think that those were the most magical moments of the conferences for me, and and also to have a really challenged hard and I'm always challenge, challenging myself hard and I can do better is how diverse is this really? Yeah. You know, okay. and, and um, making sure that you, you, you hit all of those markers of, okay, okay, this is all women, but do we have women? Do we have women who identifies women? Do we have women of different 
races? Do we have women of different ages? Do we have women of different sexual orientations? Do we have women with different styles? Do we have women from different countries? Do we have women doing different types of things? Um, and then, you know, if you really challenge on that, I think that you can, you can have a very, very interesting and different um, type of experience. And that was what the conferences were about. And, you know, to answer your question about sort of gender parity and how do you sort of start to bring that about, I think the conferences were a big, a big part of the puzzle um, because, because it really does give that, that, that space for camaraderie among women. And I, I, one of my sort of concerns and positive beliefs is right now is that women need to come together more. Yeah. Um, and I know we all do. <laughs> so <laughs> unity among everybody is paramount. I think probably one of the planet's biggest priorities right now, but um, there are increasing, there's an increasing amount of divisiveness among women. And I think that it it's always been there, but it's more acute now. And I think COVID has made it more acute in some ways. And definitely in America, we've got some big problems um, when it when it comes to that. But um, my sort of contribution is I want to create more unity among women. And and the idea of the women's movement and you know feminism and what's next for the women's movement are areas that are big focuses for me. It's absolutely fantastic. Do you ever sit back and reflect and look on what it is you're achieving and look at the success of the conferences and look at the impact it's having in people? I mean, how does it make you feel? Do you ever give yourself that time to think like that? Nope. <laughs> what, what can I do better? No, I mean, I don't know. Probably um, it's a fault of mine, you know, I would say. Like people are always like, it's amazing and I'm just it's not I don't know it's not that amazing to me I know it I, let me try and explain myself better I'm a very forward-thinking person so I'm not really one for reflecting backwards and so many coaches have tried it with me <laughs> need to be need to be be in the success be 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 and I'm like yeah okay what's next so um and I know that I can be exhausting to work for um, and, uh, you know, you could interview some of my previous team members and they would have a lot to say about that, I'm sure. But for me, I think my life purpose here is, 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 a, is about making a difference, right? And it's, and it's so, the, the scale of what needs to be done is so huge that I don't really feel like there's much time for, like, reflection on how good it all is. And I don't really, honestly, Natalie, I don't really care. Like, I'm not really, when, when you read out those accolades at the start, I'm like, oh, whatever, here we go again, you know, and I can need to change my bio because I'm so bored of hearing them and the way just go and like, can we just move on, right? But um, for me, it's more about what's next, what needs to happen, you know, and it keeps me interested as well and keeps me kind of intellectually and psychologically um, in the game if I'm like, here in the now and thinking about what we're doing in the future. So no, I don't ever really reflect on it. And even if I do, it feels a bit cringy. Okay. I, I won't Anal analyze that. Yeah. Well, we won't go there now on the podcast. Maybe we'll have a coffee later or wine. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, I'm very, I'm really bad with therapy. Like I, I, oh no, I'm not really a therapy person. Don't you and worry. therapist, therapists find me very, I don't know they think they're gonna have a lot of sessions with me and then I'm like 
Yeah, it's you know, we're all very different. I'm sure we all bring something quite different and exciting and, you know, challenging along the way. Don't you worry. Right, let's talk about, yeah, let, I mean, the conferences are incredible. What you've brought to the table, like I say, you super inspired me back in 2018. It was a real pivotal moment for me and it really had a profound impact on what I did beyond that, which has been really, Good. I'm very grateful. Uh, the book as well, fantastic. And even this, not, I was going to say this year, last year now, uh, the reInvent, I came along to that. 15 other, wow, 1,500 others, that's incredible. Um, very, very inspiring how it was set up. Long time, but wonderful things to, to listen to. The music, the soundtrack that you pulled together as well. Um, I'd highly recommend anybody to, to join any of your conferences. You've now run a podcast season or podcast series. That was last year. It was, was it about six or so? Did you have on that? Um, I think I've done, and I'm still doing it. I think I'm oh, are you? Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm on 10. and 10. Fantastic. How did you find doing that? What was the inspiration behind that? I mean, it's obviously it's very much connected. I have listened. It's very much connected to the whole conversation around equality, you know, and, you know, and being advocates for, for women and that kind of whole conversation. But what was the, 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 the driver behind it for you? Well, um, it's called Stripped Back. Sometimes I say unstripped. I don't know why. This <laughs> guy <laughs> like comes out. Actually, I did say it on one and it had to be re-edited out. I'm like, why did I say that? <laughs> um, anyway, same kind of sentiment, um, which is raw, unscripted conversations, you know, a bit like we're having right now. And it's focused on the hope, optimism and fury of women in these times. And I... For the longest time, it was kind of like with the book. You know, people said to me for a long time, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And I thought, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not very good at that and I don't really have time. And I sort of thought the same thing about podcasts because I didn't actually listen to any podcasts. So I didn't really understand what they were. And then when I started to listen to some podcasts, I thought, oh, this is, this is really helpful. Anyway, um, I wanted to do something, Natalie, that was going to be a bit of a personal challenge for me, but also make a difference at the same time, which is sort of my mantra for most things. And so I challenged myself to start podcasts, but I also challenged myself to do it in a way where I wouldn't be beholden to anyone or anything. So there was no, there was no reason to do the podcast other than I wanted to do a podcast you know, and that people would listen to it and find it helpful. But yeah, I didn't, wasn't, I wasn't looking for sponsorship or yeah. to sell anything or anything like that. You're helping. Um, and I even challenged myself to not look at how many people um, listen to it because I knew that I would, I would kind of get my knickers in a twist about that. <laughs> I know Although what you I mean don't look at the stats don't look at the likes yeah. just don't just do it yeah. you want to do yeah. it yeah. I did I did it was my daughter that um said to me one time oh, she goes oh she goes on apple look she goes you've got all these five star reviews but you've also got all these ones and I thought that's really interesting right yeah because it's sort of that you know that diverse you love it or hate it which I think is Marmite. quite indicative of, yeah. yeah quite indicative of what I do so um, anyway, I've, I've, I've used it as an opportunity to showcase a number of the women that I know that have either been speakers at the conferences or I just know personally who have just very, 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 very um, transformational stories and who I believe the world should know about who they are. And so the women that I've 
have chosen that I've interviewed have been very open about their stories and uh, I mean I think it's kind of similar to what you're doing I mean and it's just it's very sort of cathartic for them and then other people listen to the story and they're like you know because they're not so such sort of on the pedestal maybe for more famous people you can really relate and yeah. you can say okay well if she can do it then then I can do it and I you know I I, I really like that it I, I I said to you before that I don't really sort of celebrate successes from the past but if I get an email where someone says you know I listened to the podcast and it made a real difference to me you know for example yeah. there's one I the last one I did it's called the voice of Karen Dejana and she was a speaker resolve and she's a transgender woman um I had an email from her mother which was very very moving um wow. after, after her mother had listened to the podcast and you know there had been some challenges there um as parents yeah and me when their children are different so when I read that that's the kind of thing that I will keep and I will really feel like I did something there you know that I made it really made a difference there to to her and and I love I do love that that's very very that keeps me going for a long time that's wonderful. Really wonderful. It very the same for me. I mean, that's why I love doing these. It's wonderful to talk to incredibly interesting, inspiring and just people and listen to how folks succeed in their own lives. And then that does have such an incredible ricochet effect amongst others. And that seed is sown and it really does help. So, uh, no, it's really fantastic. And your story is marvellous. Now, you mentioned earlier milestones centuries 30 40 50 so what is now happening for you uh, you know what's the future hold what does 2021 look like what does you know beyond the great beyond <laughs> yeah <laughs> where we can get out of our houses yeah oh i mean part, part of this time um in california we've been locked down since march there's been no in and out there's no, there's been no, schools were closed and then they're open, schools are closed when they're open, the schools have been closed since, since March. So it, it has actually been quite a nice experience to all be together in the house. I mean, it's definitely had its challenges, but there's something about having family so close that I have enjoyed. Uh, a lot of it, you know, of course, has driven me insane, but... Um, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we moved house and oh. the house, we moved house like three weeks before we locked down. It's very <gasps> interesting. I know, wow. came back from England, came back from England and moved and then we got locked down. So we haven't even actually really met our neighbours yet, except by a Facebook message, which is bizarre. But anyway, so um, I think that kind of sense of all being together, um, I don't know if I'll let go of homeschooling now because it does give me the opportunity to really, I'm not, I'm not directly doing it. We've got a friend who's helping, who is part of our bubble kind of thing, but I like really having a say in what they're doing. And also we're doing an alternative education program okay. that I've, that I've developed. <laughs> this is me, um, you know, just so spare time in the bath. Yeah. New curriculum. And I, I've always, I've always been very, I think I've always been quite critical of the public school system and its um, inability to counter for difference. So 
um, my three children um, are quite rebellious and different in their own individual ways. And so having a program which does incorporate a lot of the things that we teach and are in my programs, I'm really enjoying. And I don't know if I'll let go of that. I am, it also gives me a lot of flexibility for, you know, when we start traveling again, or if we want to go and live some, I, I like to move. I can't stay in one house too long. If we move again, which is something that we're starting to think about, um, then. Um, <laughs> it's not, has it been a year? It's nearly a year, yeah. Nearly a year, year. okay. Yeah, it's nearly a year. But I mean, it's like, it was like 10 years really, wasn't it? But um so if we move again, I would like to be able to have that flexibility of the kids not having to, you know, start a new school and all of that kind of stuff. Because at one point it was like three different schools and three crazies. So that's sort of on a personal note. Um, I am very um, passionate and interesting about really building Aspire more in the US. Um, you know, we're we're a global brand, but... I feel that, of course, everything that's happening here, there's more contribution I can make. So, for example, we're running an event this week, which is focused on America, women um, in America. We haven't done that before. It's just kind of focused on America. So I think there will definitely be more of that um, and more. Um, more speaking um, there's a book coming another book coming looking Fantastic. like there's another book coming yeah I've been progressing on that for the longest time but there was a woman who actually came to the same event as you and she wants to co-author which is wonderful <laughs> is there really a timeline helpful. to that or um no <laughs> not really <laughs> um not not really but I think we're gonna sort of get started together and see how we get on and see okay. how it goes and then um pending that going well which I think it will then I imagine it'd be it's, it's normally not very fast to write a book is it it's the, yeah. the longer period of time is getting it published but so I see a book coming um more Aspire events more focused on maybe different um regions um a big focus right now for the world and for us is the intersectionality of women race and gender um so um, you know, we're seeing here, I know we see it globally, but we're seeing it here as well, is COVID having an um, adverse effect on women, but particularly on women of colour. Yeah. Um, and at the same time as that, uh, women are hailed as the new future with, you know. Um, it's quite a quandary. <laughs> it is quite a quandary, isn't it? And women, black women um, secured the vote for Biden. So, um, and then we also need to remember that 51% of white women voted for Trump. So we have Mm. some significant stuff to work through, I think, as women in the US. So I want to be part of that. Um, But, you know, the hometown is the UK. So um, that's where, you know, that's where I'm from. That's where my heart is, I think. Um, So there will be, hopefully we'll be able to come back to the UK at some point and um, do another conference and do what we do and have you back and fantastic honestly that would be amazing but I mean I'd, I'd yeah the online stuff is equally well it's very brilliant at this moment in time I think in terms of just that level of interaction connection you, you can kind of feel the energy across the screen it's not quite the same as being in the same room with somebody um but that's marvelous I mean that's really 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 fantastic um I suppose a, a great way to kind of round it up if you like as well what kind of tips or advice could you offer anybody that's listening in terms of um, 
you know, supporting you, what can somebody do to support just this general movement anyway, in terms of equality, parity and so forth for women? Um, but also maybe tips for the future in terms of how they can help, because it doesn't have to be big, does it? It can be small. It can be just little small changes that we make in our lives to to help a bigger picture. What kind of advice would you give anybody? Yeah, I, I think we do need to have an equality of action. So, you know, this sort of judgment on what is small and what is big. Um, I think it's just about doing something, you know, whatever that might be for you. Um, I think that, well, one thing is, is a couple of things occurred to me. I think that many, many of us feel like we're in limbo right now. So there's a sort of sense of, sense of isolation and limbo and can we really do the things we want to do, what's going to happen and all of that kind of thing. And so I think that the tips I would give would be to really take a strong sense and think about what you can control and what you, you know, what you can't, you might be an influence what you can't control and, and, and to really do the things that we do, especially at this time of year that give us that sense of comfort and give us that sense of I'm going somewhere. So I'm talking about setting goals and, having a vision and all of those kind of things. And a lot of people I've been reading, you know, you see these posts and people are, oh no, no, don't do anything yet. And you don't know what's going to happen. And so you know, hold off on, on those kind of things. And I, I understand the sentiment, but I think that it's more important than ever right now to set goals. I don't think the setting goals for like a year is probably a good idea, but mm. maybe like three months, three or four months. And to, we all need something to look forward to. Yeah. And we all need something to work on um, personally and professionally. And, and if you've got those things to focus on and work on, then, you know, it gives you a sense of peace. It gives you a sense of comfort. And, you know, a lot of people have their lives completely turned upside down and very much in panic and very much in fear about it. And I think that you can take a bit of time and you can sort of try and, put the fear aside and say, okay, what do I really want to do? How do I really want to do it? You know, what do I want it to look like? You're working with someone like you or me coaching or doing it by yourself or whatever it is. And, and just having that vision. And then you, you know, I know everything is up in the air, but at least you can still be, you know, still be working on things. Because yeah. I, I think that particularly in our profession, and a lot of people want to be in our profession. You know, not, not only do we get to help people, do we get to make a difference, do we get to empower people, but we also have a very high level of flexibility and financial security in the work that we do. And, and I think a lot of people, a lot of women particularly, can choose this, you know, can choose yeah. a different path, can really start to do the things that maybe they've been putting off or they never would have thought they can do, or they'll think, oh, how would I ever make money? Um, and I, I just think that you've got to try and see this time in 2021 as a um, time in training. Yeah. So as, at some point, we're going to relaunch. Everyone is going to relaunch. At some point, they're going to say, okay, you know, we're pretty good now. Go back to work, go into your office, go and do an event, go to the shops. We're good to go. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who have just had their head under the covers for that time and haven't really got ready 
And it's sort of like, so the Olympic race is going to start at some point, whatever it's going to be, you know, June 1st, September 1st. And if you haven't been in training, if you haven't looked after yourself, if you haven't looked after your emotional, psychological well-being, if you haven't kept abreast of world events, if you haven't thought to yourself about how Black Lives Matter is relevant in your family or is relevant in your organization, you're not, you're going to be really behind. (laughs) And so it's, I think this is a really good time to be doing all that training. When I say training, it's reading, it's thinking, it's doing, it's looking after yourself. It's, it's all the things that, you know, in the first few months of COVID, I think we all put on 20 pounds and hid (laughs) under the covers. Right. And, 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 and now we're just kind of like, how does that, it's refusing, you know, refusing to come off. Yeah. But, um, now is that time to get the weight off, to feel better, to get your hair done, to yeah. put your makeup back on, to find a bra that fits, and to, you know, to <laughs> get out of the PJs to get, to get back to get back going in the world. I really do think that. I mean, I like anyone enjoyed very immensely enjoyed eating everything I wanted, wearing no makeup, having no bra on, and just doing what I wanted to do. Um, but at some point. Um, we're gonna we're, turn gonna, it. we're, yeah. we're gonna we're, we're gonna come back out and and I think there will be a lot more women who are like I don't fucking care about wearing makeup and if I don't want to wear a bra I won't and I'm I love that that's too yeah, I, I, yeah. Want, I think that's really important because I think if we're going to do these things we don't do them because of a social norm and someone saying we should do it I think we should do it because we want to do it like I've on some makeup example worn makeup in a long time but I was like oh I really am enjoying this you know my like it's old and dusty but it still works right so um I think that we have to see this 2021 at least the first half of 2021 anyway as a real time in training and a real as a definite opportunity to learn how to battle the fear monster um and and come out of it the other end stronger healthier braver and ready because the world really needs an army of women who are stronger braver ready not caring yeah yeah yeah, not and not caring so much about what people think and what they shouldn't should be doing and what their dad said they should have done or what their I think there's going to be a lot of women who are leaving jobs leaving marriages changing their hairstyles you know like whatever that change looks like um physically mentally emotionally um moving to different places I think there's going to be a massive um shake up among among women which is going to be it's going to be really interesting I think it's going to be very interesting for corporations they think they can get hold keep hold of us they're going to need to try a bit harder um I think there's going to be a massive growth in women's entrepreneurship even more so um than there has been so it's very exciting times but we have to be ready, be ready and do the work um over the next six months or so great advice absolutely great advice this has been beautiful thank you so much for coming on where can everybody find you sam how can they get in contact with you if they're interested in supporting helping because you've got a foundation as well so i mean pretty much everything's on our websites which is i think you'll probably add to the podcast oh, yeah. but it's aspire for equality.com for as in for um, my podcast is on apple and spotify and amazon and all the usual places it's called the dr sam collins podcast and stripped back. not unstripped not unstripped <laughs> 
I kind of wish you'd called it that. <laughs> Me too. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, um, perhaps less so on the other channels, but I am on the other channels. I mean, Inspire for Equality is on Facebook and um, we're on Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. So all of those, all of those usual places, um, I'm, I'm always, is if you go onto our website, you can like, sign up to be on our mailing list kind of thing and then you're part of our community and can receive our updates and if news of events and different things that go on and we've got free events as and as well as paying events and we have scholarship program as well for if you can't afford for whatever reason right now um to attend an event you can apply for scholarship so there's always options and wouldn't want it to be something that would feel restrictive because of money so there's there's different um ways to to join and and be part of what we do absolutely fantastic thank you so much it's the morning i know your side and it's getting late here as well so i truly appreciate you carving out some time to join me it's been really marvelous oh pleasure you've got that pizza to go to now oh yeah no exactly oh i might not though after the juicing maybe a bit oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah piece of pizza's going maybe a bit um thank you everybody for listening if you have any comments or if you want to just chat to sam and myself um sam's given all of her details over and i'll put the uh the references in the show notes as well or you can tweet us with hashtag life stories and please join me next week when i'll have another fantastic guest on take care look after yourself keep well you have been listening to life stories with me natalie miller snell for all information related to my guests please check the show notes and if you wish to continue the conversation with us please hashtag life stories on all social channels If you enjoyed this show, please pop over to seizetheday.simplecast.com where you'll find my other shows. If you're interested to know any more about coaching, please visit me at nmscoaching.co.uk where you'll also find details of the latest workshops I am running. Thank you so much for listening. 